Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're, uh, this is the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. It's me and Jeremy again, but we're talking about the best of 2021 uh, spe- uh, special, I guess you could call it. <laughs> Where we're probably, if anything, we're going to talk about uh, best matches that we thought of the past year. I don't know if I want to, like, like, if anything, I already know what Jeremy's top one is going to be. Because I don't think anything topped it since then. But I'm just going to splurt out all, like, the really good matches that I've, like, I liked over the past year well we might have some in the same spot so i'm not gonna like if mine if my number five is the same as yours then we'll just talk about it at the same time right um well i mean i don't know for sure if which one's yours like the main one (laughs) you're gonna say them and i'll and i'll either say that's not my oh okay all right i got you that's kind of where i'm coming from if it's the same one then we might as well both talk about it right yeah pretty much over it again it, it seems like most of my lists were mostly AEW matches all except for like maybe a couple because i mean some of them they they had on here mostly because like i didn't expect especially it was at the very end of the year right i have to talk about daniel bryan versus kenny omega i watched it like uh that's probably my number five or whatever like uh, my, uh, just because it ended in a draw mostly, but like, I just love Daniel Bryan or well, Bryan Danielson. It always gets annoying whenever I gotta like say the <laughs> when they change their names back to where it was, like, it is so confusing. Like, when they do that, or they change Walter to Gunther, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I had to mention i was trying to go back and forth with if it was the kenny omega match with brian danielson or it was the hangman page one with him where i definitely think that the the second match that they did hangman page right wasn't as good as their hour draw match kind of like with the kenny omega one but just shows how well of a wrestler kenny omega is I mean, I don't really care for his promos most times. I, I find him as goofy, kind of like I see Cena a lot yeah, of time. But I've said the same thing to you. It's funny because, you know, we've talked, and if people listening remember, I've talked down about Kenny Omega multiple times, and it's mainly about his promo skills. I feel he comes off kind of weird when he talks. But 
Um, you'll find out in my ratings that uh, it's funny. I think all of mine are AEW matches. Yeah, I don't. I have one that's well. Out. I know that there's like two that I, I, I mostly because one I totally forgot that it was in uh, 2021, and that was mostly Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, and it's kind of funny how. And this was their uh, blow-off feud, or I think it was a, uh, it was from TakeOver 36. I think that was the one where it was the no-disqualification match where he wrapped the chain around his knee and he just hit it at the back of Cole's neck. I think that was the match that I'm thinking of. Yeah. So what's your number five again? Uh, number five was Kenny Omega and um, uh, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson. The 30 minute match that they did where it went to a draw. And my number five is Adam Page and Kenny Omega. See, I was trying to debate. (laughs) So so that's what I said. And funny is number four for me is the Daniel Bryan one. Oh, with the Kenny Omega? Yeah. So funny that I've talked about Kenny Omega, but two of my favorite matches this year were him. I had, like I said, there's only actually one that's, and come to think of it, my number three is a WWE, well, an NXT match, but, um, yeah, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Most of the damn matches, I'm just like, fuck, I gotta mention a lot of them, and, like, WWE had good ones, too, but it was like, oh, it was so hard to, like, not in my top get five. it down to certain ones. But- it's yeah, like, because I could have totally put Hangman and Kenny Omega on it, and I was so thinking about doing it, and then I was just like, I don't know. It, it felt like most of the time, most of my reasoning for it, and that's why, honestly, I should put that as my number four thinking back on it now, just I'm because not- <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole was great, but like seeing the payoff of Paige finally beating Omega... Yeah, that's right. Why, <laughs> that's why mine and um just because of the sheer magnitude of the uh the Daniel Bryan one uh because and did I say versus Kenny Omega? Which one? The the Page versus Omega? Yeah. One. Yeah, you said that no, uh, your number 4 was Page for or no five was Paige and Omega and then you said Brian Danielson and Omega was the second one right yeah mm-hmm. I mean it makes sense though I mean Omega can wrestle and then Brian Danielson can and well Hangman Page can yeah the, <laughs> the Page Omega one was uh, solely the long term storyline yeah had- because they told it after the whole time that they've been on AEW practically uh, like since uh, Hangman Page lost against Jericho, they've been pretty much building up this story the whole time, and that's mostly what puts so much weight into the rivalry or like how he won the match, and that's why it just just great matches all around. It's like there's so many good ones. I mean, I ain't saying anything because like Roman, I might as well mention some of these honorable mentions is like the Roman stuff. Like we talked about Roman before how like the main thing about him, he could do good matches, but it's mostly 
who carries him through him. Like, he'll do the same shit in every match. That's the only reason why I didn't put the triple threat on there with uh, yeah, because Daniel Bryan and Edge. The WWE match was them three. Uh, the uh, Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns match. Yeah. One. But, again, it wasn't because of Roman. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's because of Daniel Bryan and Edge. Yeah. Really. I mean, like... Because Roman does the same stuff in every match. So that's why I'm saying most of his matches, because I see some matches on lists where it's like, it's that triple uh, threat match. And then there's another one that I saw on like the best of matches. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't care for like Roman wrestling. It's just like, it reminds, reminds me of John Cena because they do the same damn shit over and over again and I don't care to see that it's nice whenever he wrestles with other guys that are more inventive and then it pulls out a better match because you've seen it with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and all these other guys where you could just tell that it's just better <laughs> Yeah, but it's more like because of the other wrestler uh, and that's the main thing is like a lot of these matches like um so pretty much on my third, I was going back and forth with a lot of these. <laughs> well, your number four was what? Uh, my number four? Yeah. Uh, well, I was originally thinking that it was going to be uh, the Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly match, but I changed my mind and changed it to Paige and Omega. Oh, okay, so your number four was Paige and Omega. My number yeah, four. Yeah, I was trying, like, because I keep, like, a lot of the time, it's, like, me trying so we, to, like, uh, staple it down. It's, like, thinking about it, and then so you say, yeah, pretty much. It's, like, constantly going through that. I constantly change my mind. Just Danielson Omega one, to me, and it was more because he had left WWE. Oh, yeah. The first real big match he had was against Omega and obviously you could he couldn't lose yeah yeah and, and then explaining how like it went to a draw and everything like yeah I love his more stiff style uh, than in WWE right that's one reason why I think that it's great knowing that he left is because I, I like his more stiff style than Mm -hmm. anything else and they were just like kind of like you could tell that they're like being WWE where you can't be as stiff as you want to be. PW's got right now over them is the storytelling. Yeah. Because the stories in WWE they continue to be the same ones over and over again. Yep. They just insert guys here. Yep. And so you know and that's one reason none of these matches they're they're all glorious even like when we, we talk about in, in our next pay-per-view when we are not pay-per-view in our next podcast, when we talk about the Royal rumble, um, you know, there's going to be yeah. stuff we're going to bring up during that one that, you know, yeah. Well, like- that's what I'm saying. It's like, the, like, especially in NXT and it sucks about NXT right now, just because they're probably not going to have the same level of matches than they used to. And it's mostly because like, well, they got rid of half certain, uh-huh. Half their wrestlers. I mean, I'll... yeah, and half of their fucking backstage people too. <sighs> but like, uh, 
that's what I'm saying. It's like some I didn't, I couldn't really put up on here. Where it's like Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. I really love that match, but it's like trying to pick so many. And then Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. I really enjoyed that match. Yeah, I could have probably and added a shit ton more of wrestling on here, but you know constraints on time and everything else. You don't like you gotta pick a certain amount. That's a that's the tough part of it. Yeah, and and that's why I said like. Because I was trying to debate if I should have put this one out higher for my number three. And then it was just like, there's two other matches that were just way better. And it was, and it doesn't say anything against the two because there's a huge story in it. So my number three had to have been Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah, I knew that that was going to be up there, right? And it's mostly because the storytelling and everything else, it just felt like it was, uh, and especially the wet spot, it was fucking awesome. So, like, it was, it wasn't in my top 10 or in my top five. I would agree. It was, again, WWE was in my top 10. There were the back half probably of my top 10 would have been all WWE stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so. So what else did you have on uh, Sasha Banks? And was it just the whip part or just the story? Well, I mean, just the emotion that was into it. It was like the first, I think it was the first female main event, right? On WrestleMania. And to me, Sasha is one of the best. Yeah. Not, not just wrestlers, but she always, the, the, she always, the storylines she gets are always top notch too. That's why I'm wondering if, like, she ever did get out of her contract in WWE and went to AEW or some of these other places and wrestled people, like, the type of matches that she would be putting on. Like, that's the main thing. And I'll get to it during later in this podcast, but um, I feel that's one thing that AEW is doing that WWE should be doing, and they're not. Um, because they talk about this women's revolution, but or evolution and all that stuff, but really AEW is doing more for females than WWE is. Yeah, because I could have mentioned the tag team match with uh, Tay Conti and Anna Jay, where they went against the Bunny and who was the other person, uh, Penelope Ford. Yeah, that was a banger of a match. It was oh, definitely, oh. it was so good. And then they uh, and. And WWE was, of course, like, talking about how it was gory. I'm like, dude, you guys fucking did this shit, like, fucking tw- 20 years ago or whatever. It's like, shut up. Do it with females. Yeah. That's that's the difference is, like, you know, if you want to talk about this equal opportunity shit that they want to tout, then let the girls do the same things the guys are doing. And especially if we're in the, the land where, like, if you really want them to do stuff, then you would have them go against the main belts too. I definitely think that if you have a credible woman, especially knowing that uh, in K-Vape speaking and stuff like that, you could probably have like a, a big female that would take out like, I mean, it would. it's all dependent on how you would sell it, but also at the same time, if they told the right amount of story, you could probably do stuff where it's like Jordan Grace. I could see her fighting men like all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she's like somebody that could out wrestle 
a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes. So I could see that she would be a credible threat to the main title if yeah. they if they had her go for the title. Yeah. I forgot who they had. I think they had Tessa Blanchard win the main title. This was like a few years back, and then uh, now she's kind of like a black spot on. <laughs> like everybody doesn't like her, I guess. Apparently, what she has said, yeah, and done backstage or something. Yep, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I I liked that match. I wouldn't say it was my third favorite. Um, obviously, it was in my top ten, but not probably low top ten though. Probably yeah, nine, I would say. But my number three was, uh, and this might surprise you though, because, uh, anyways, it's Dragonoff versus Walter. Yeah. At Takeover Thirty Six. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, like, I know you didn't care about it as much as I did. Well, <laughs> at the time I didn't, but when I think back, it was mainly because I don't really. Well, at the time, I didn't watch all a bunch of NXT, so Walter wasn't very familiar to me. I know he was in Imperium and all that stuff, but the the sheer... I remember this match where the amount of damage that each guy was doing. Yeah. And, and uh, now, don't get me started on the whole Gunther stuff, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I understand the whole trademarking thing, but really... I mean, he's been known as Walter for how long, and then you go and change his name, and what's the reason? I mean, the reason is trademark, but the storyline reason they gave wasn't. Yeah, know. he just kind of said it. Yeah, so it's like okay, um, and then but yeah, the, the I remember how hard Walter was hitting. Yeah, his chops are fucking. Who like yeah. every time I've heard him do a chop, it's like. He just annihilates dudes. And really, at the end of the day, he could consider that a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so that was my number three. Um, now, I think I know what your probably number one is. And it's, but, uh, whoa. And you know what my number one is. But yeah, I, I think the top for us. So. Um, but it may not be. I might be surprised by what your number two is. Well, I mean, no, I'm pretty sure that you know which one it is. It's the lights out match with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Yeah, that was so. going between them both. But like the, I don't know. They're two good matches. It's like hard to like. It's hard to like. Uh, decide which one's better than the other. That's the problem. Well, well <laughs> me. I've because been touting, I've been touting that match all year long and nothing beat it. Yeah. And your number one came close. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, and that's the thing is I, like, there's some, uh, some matches that Walter did yeah. that year that I could have put on the list. I just didn't like yeah. the one with Tommaso Ciampa. I could have put it on there because I really love that match. But I mean, I love Ch- Ciampa though. <laughs> And, like, there, there could be so many damn different matches that I could have added. Like, I mean, I wish I would have been watching New Japan because I heard that they were doing a bunch of, like, good New Japan uh, uh, wrestling, too. Like, uh, they were talking about um, Okada going against Osprey and stuff. Yeah. So there's, like, a bunch of them that it looks like would have been really, really good matches. 
But yeah, like it's just such a good match, though the Thunder Rosa one is such Always. a good match. <laughs> and, it, and and I've talked about it on other podcasts, but you know it basically catapulted Britt Baker because she promoted the hell out of what she did in that match. Yeah, I think that's the reason why Thunder Rosa is like. I wouldn't say that she's floundering, but obviously don't they don't know what to do with her at the moment. Well, and then Britt Baker is out there is because that promo she cut. But also, like, at the time that she wasn't even signed, like, oh yeah. So it's like, you know, and that, and I didn't know that, but I mean, she wasn't even signed to the organization, and she, to me, they put on the best match all year, and and again, it was because for one, sheer fact that they did shit that I don't know if I've ever seen done by females before. Yeah, I don't think that I, I mean, like, we've seen, like, hardcore matches with chicks and stuff like that, but I've never seen them do thumbtacks. Yeah. I've never seen them do, like, a lot of things that they did in the match. Like, most I've seen in WWE, especially, was, like, chair shots and a table spot. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's to me why the Anna J. Ty Conte match wasn't as good as this one because it was basically the, the second one. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I mean, they were both really good, but like the story was very good with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker too, though. They kind of like, because it seemed like the, the Tay Conte and Anna J one with the bunny and stuff, like it wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't like a blood feud. They showed with uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa was that it was like a blood feud that no matter what they wanted to beat the other person within an inch of their life and shit. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's the difference between both matches. I don't think that they did that with the tag team match. I mean, yeah. I think it's a great match, but like, I think that's the difference between both of them, though. Yeah, and and I would agree with that. But yeah, it was bar none. I've been talking about it all year. That that match was my favorite. Now, your number one was pretty close. It it almost overtook it for me. Yeah. But, but I just have, and I love the Lucha Brothers. Uh, 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 yeah. My favorite tag teams. The Young Bucks, though, I think are the reason why I had a that they didn't get my number one because they just bug me. I don't know if it, I, I, and I really honestly can't explain it. Um, but I think it's more of how they act, and I know they're supposed to be like like that. But yeah, I have the same opinion, kind of, with MJF that he just bugs me. Well, I, I mean, I think it's mostly X Pac heat there, and they talk about like where it's not so much his character or like his story arc is getting people to hate him. It's more like. They're hating him just because they hate him. <laughs> oh no! Pretty I, much that's that, like I get that, but and MJF's promo skills are top notch, especially but, with the stuff that he's doing with CM Punk right yeah, now. But I think what I was telling you is it's kind of getting annoying right now that every feud he gets into, it's go through like the same people. Yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, what's it called? He just feuded with Jericho, and then Jericho had to go through the, f- what's it called? What did they call Pinnacle. it? The, the the five acts of Jericho or some shit? Pinnacle, and he's doing the same thing with CM Punk. And it's just kind of yep. like, okay, 
this is one story that you could do something different. And unfortunately, it's like, you know, with the diamond thing that they do every year, who else is going to, his gimmick kind of flounders if he doesn't have that damn ring on. So it's like, so it's like, it's kind of, that's kind of where they're getting a little stuck because they, that, because eventually they're going to have to take it off of MJF. They are, yeah. And so he should already start being transitioning like what he does because eventually he's going to have to. And anyways, because you can't continue to have him win. Yep. That's the main thing, too. (laughs) Watching it, they're going to, oh, well, MJF's going to win it. How's he going to win it this year? You know, it's like stupid. It's kind of like, well, and we'll talk about it. And then when we talk about our Royal Rumble, when we have our discussion on Royal Rumble, but, um, but anyways, but yeah, so the, I'm assuming your number one was Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks, right? Uh, technically it's a tie. Oh, okay. Technically it is Walter and Dragunov and then, uh, and Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. I couldn't decide which one I liked more, so I put them oh. both up on the top spot. Funny, our top fives were the same matches, just yeah, just moved around. <laughs> I think the only thing was the Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair match that I added. I didn't have that in my top five, but yeah, I mean, which I could have just like moved everything up, but like. Everything with the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks feud was great, and then I, lo- I loved the ch- cage match with the fucking foot, uh, the shoes with the thumbtacks on it, and then the way that they were doing the spots. We talked about this when we were reviewing the 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 match. Then it was just a great match, and it just shows that I think that the thing is with the Young Bucks, Young Bucks and do great storytelling. But then they have a problem with, I don't know, they get kind of goofy at certain points. Like, I know that they're yeah. heels and shit, but, like, I don't know. They're a bit goofy. Then that's kind of what I was talking about that kind of bugs me. I couldn't really find the word, but that's probably a good word to use. Well, I mean, all three of them are kind of goofy. Like, Omega and the Young Bucks. Not so much Paige, though. He's always been, like, the more straight-laced dude. Mm-hmm. Like out of them all, so but like young bucks, no matter what, no matter who they're with, they could do a good match at a, a good to great match with anybody, yeah, especially in tag matches. And when they get this few, like one thing, magic happens every time whenever the young bucks and the lucha bros are wrestling each other. Like, uh, I haven't seen a bad match between them all yet. Like their their ladder match that they did, I forgot what they called it. It was like the pretty much ladder of death or some shit. They said it in Spanish. I don't remember for sure, but like it was their ladder match that they did like a few years before then when they were just starting out, and or like uh, AEW was starting out, and then and so they pretty much did bangers all the time. And I knew that these all these matches, at least the top three, were gonna be on there. <laughs> I just knew. And the fucking Walter and Dragunov match, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this has to be my number one. Like, when I was watching it, just because it was a really good match, and it was more like the hostile that I like anyway. I like it when when dudes, even when they're supposed to be in wrestling, where it's more like 
fake or scripted or whatever where you lose the imagination and you can't tell who's going to win. I like when I'm watching a match and then you're like thinking who's going to win, but then you're like, holy crap, is he actually going to lose it? And then the moment where Drogonov put him in that damn chokehold after he like stomped on him, he was hitting him in the fucking head like so many times. And then he put him in that choke and he tapped. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was just so surprised, like, how uh, just dirty and gritty the whole match was. And that's one thing that I like about Walter's matches and Dragunov's is because they're like hard hitting. And I like how they don't shy away from that whenever they're wrestling anybody else. Because, you know, most times WWE will be like, don't hit so hard or whatever. It's like Shinsuke was the dude that always did stiff shit in New Japan. And then he's over here and he doesn't, and like, really, most of his stuff is completely watered down from when he was in New Japan now. Like, it, it just seems like he's part of the crowd now. So, yeah. that, so with that match, oh, man, I just enjoy it. And I could fucking rewatch the shit out of that match every time. Least of all, just the chokehold at the end where you see him straining and it looked like he was legitimately trying to make him fucking fall asleep. That's mostly why I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like I said, Lucha Brothers, that matched all the spots that they did. Oh, yeah, and they did so many damn fucking spots out the ass. And yeah. that, uh, that's the main thing. And it seems like, the, like Young Bucks do a lot where they're trying to... Um, up the ante of what they did in the prior match and yeah. stuff like that from them. And that's like something to do, but they always do the same shit. Yeah. Like most of the time, they always do the same moves, no matter what it is. And they feel more WWE to me than any of the other AEW wrestlers, just because they always get their shit in like their indie taker and the Meltzer driver and then they do, like, all their double team moves. They always do those in practically every match. Well, that's and, how Daniel Omega to me is. Because when you want, you know, he's got to get his, uh, what is it called, the trigger? The V-trigger, yeah. He uh, does the V-trigger a bunch of times, and then he does the... But, I mean, I like how his one-wing angel, nobody kicks out of that bitch. <laughs> yeah. And it should be like that. Only certain people should be able to uh, kick out of it. Well, that's I what... Think. That's when, when people face Roman, but we'll talk about that more in the Royal Rumble podcast. But um but yeah, so Lucha Brothers, like I said, they, they there's always they are always doing crazy shit, especially Ray Phoenix, right? You know, and Oh yeah, definitely Ray Phoenix. We could have talked about his match with Kenny Omega and that was fucking awesome too. They're usually <laughs> the best tag team right now, but you know, Ray Phoenix is hurt. At least he didn't like break his arm. I think he just dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. Um, which is a lot better than breaking it, but I agree. But yeah. So did we already talk about what our favorite pay-per-view was? No, not yet. Oh, did you not want to end up talking about anything else on the Thunder Rosa match or because I know that that was your number one, but and number one, I mean, I, I said as much as I had to. I mean, like I was saying, the biggest thing to me, the only thing I said, you know, is, is kind of unfortunate, and I've said it in other podcasts, but I feel they should be pushing Thunder Rosa more than they are. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. At this point, because she is one of the better wrestlers they have. But some for some reason, they keep pushing. Well, I mean, and honestly, they signed Ruby Soho, and I haven't liked the way she's wrestled so far in AEW. She's botched a lot of stuff, or at least what it seems like she's botched a lot of stuff. Mm. And, and uh, you know, it seems to me like they're pushing her more than they should be at this point. And, you know, because I was looking at the AEW rankings or something, and I, I don't get where they come up with them, for one, because I'm like, I know Jade Cargill because she's the TBS champ is up there. Well, she hasn't lost, I don't think. Anyway. No. And I understand that, but Red Velvet, I think, is the number one contender right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably be. Uh, it seems weird with that anyway, was because she's lost to Britt Baker like several times. Yeah. Well, she made so, Cargill like three times. Yeah. So it's like just because you won your last two matches, you're the number one contender. And that's what I kind of said when Anna Jay got the Britt Baker title shot. Like, where the hell did that come from? I'm wondering if it's based on... Because they base it a lot on the wins and losses, right? And then sometimes I think that they give them wins and stuff, and then they uh, get a huge record. And then they're, like, forced into having to do a title match between certain people. I think that sometimes I think that works better than fucking what they do on WWE, where they just hand out the fucking title matches to whoever. That, but where they get the rankings from? It's like a friend of mine, me and him were talking about. I know we've kind of digressed a little bit, but um, since we're talking about AEW, uh, Lance Archer is a good example. How the fuck is he up in the contenders? He was injured for months and he comes back, doesn't even have a match, but then he's number two in the rankings. Yeah, it's probably because they're building him. I'm like, yeah, I but, think they do no, the same thing with WWE like, where they come out and they do the fights or whatever, and then they're like, oh, automatically he's lane number two. <laughs> you, I mean, but I don't know for sure. I don't. I'm, I would have to talk to Tony Khan or somebody, oh, no. whoever's yeah. booking the shit, for me yeah. to know. Yeah, I think, well, you, I mean, the fact that it's wrestling, you can kind of make up whatever you want. But logically, when you look at it, it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I agree, and that's what. Uh, but also at the same time, that uh, like if that's all we're gonna be nitpicking a lot of out of the AEW, I mean I'm totally fine for that. Like nitpicking oh, was, on a little thing was a huge issue. But no, uh, I know. I'm just saying, like <laughs> out of there, it's like really. I mean, anyhow, yeah. So probably uh, then we're just gonna talk about the. Uh, our favorite pay-per-view and i think that'll be the last thing that we'll talk about yeah and that's mostly all out i think that was that was the best pay-per-view i mean there's a lot of good pay-per-views especially from AEW this year but i definitely think that all out all was the best one every match on that card was all except for the big show one (laughs) the big show one i could care less about but i mean other than that all the other matches were good. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if they do that shit every fucking pay for and pay for you, then it's just going to make it like easier for people to watch their stuff pretty much. So I think, I think that's the main thing of it. It's just knowing that 
if they keep doing this shit, I'm going to keep fucking saying one of their pay-per-views is the best of the year. <laughs> and so far, unless WWE shapes up, they ain't going to get a best pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> oh, no. no, no not, not unless they change something. But well, uh, That's what I'm saying. That's the only way that something would be but different. I, but I think with WWE, part of their problem is, is they've got money from the networks and they're letting the networks kind of drive their product and i think that's an issue but that's just my opinion but but yeah easily i think that pay-per-view was the best of the year by far i don't even think it was anywhere close i mean you know i i don't think i mean if anything it would have been just another AEW pay-per-view probably either that or maybe final battle I really enjoyed a final battle too but i I don't know if it would be my best of the year though yeah, I wouldn't put it in the same breath because you even had Adam Cole show up at All Out. You had and Daniel Bryan, or well Brian Danielson, and yeah. all that. It was just uh, they did, especially they don't do many surprises on most of their pay per views. If anything, it's the Joker in the Battle Royal. Really, that's the only time to the either that or when they do their. Uh, What's it called? Where it's like the, the at double or nothing, where they do their uh, ladder match. I forgot what they call it. Uh, where you get like a title shot if you like win the match. Yeah, but like really, those are the only times when people show up. Like so, like I mean, it makes it a big deal when people show up. Because <laughs> that was also the night Minoru Suzuki showed up and Ruby. Yep. That's that's what I was saying. A lot of fucking people showed up. <laughs> A lot of people and that you weren't expecting to show up. Well, and then so, at his first match. I mean, so that was... Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, that by far, yeah, there's no... There's nothing that could have touched that one this year. Yep, I agree. So, so for all of that, I guess we'll end this podcast now. And uh, next one will be Royal Rumble, probably within like the next uh, few days, I would say, whenever uh, we finish it. So for all of us at the Heart of Geek, thank you for uh, making it to this end of the podcast, and we will talk to you guys in the next episode. See you later. Peace. Peace. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you can check out all of our social media accounts, which is The Heart of Geek, and our Twitch channel is Heart of Geek. If you guys wanted to leave any comments or questions uh, relate towards our Facebook page, Instagram, or anything else that you could possibly leave a comment and recommend us anything else to do in the meantime. And for all of that, thank you for enjoying wrestling with the Willies.